Jazz Fest is more than just music. This year, the festival is celebrating the city's 300th anniversary with exhibits by local artists, performers, and historians. Reporter Natalie Yar went to the grandstand and the Cultural Exchange Pavilion and sent this tricentennial postcard from the festival. Hi, my name is Lane Kathan Levinson, and I'm the host of Tripod New Orleans at 300. Tripod is a history show that airs on WWNO, and what you're looking at here is a big wall that has five different posters that each represent a different tripod episode. Beneath all of those posters, you have these three tablets, so you can listen to the episode on the basketball game between St. Aug and Jesuit. You can listen to the episode about the vagabonds from France that were sent here. You can listen to the episode about the German gyms that were a huge, huge part of the scene in the mid-19th century to late 19th century, into the era of World War I, actually. I love all of these episodes. I really love the episode about the basketball game, a, a secret basketball game that was the first game to integrate high school sports. The NBA had been integrated for over five years at that point, and high school sports were still segregated in Louisiana, so that's what that episode is all about. I took this project on because I really thought this is a way to go way deeper and really find out a lot of the things about this city that either don't get enough attention or possibly people didn't want anyone to know about. And I'm interested in seeking those out and um, not only learning about them myself, but having the rest of the city learn and know their, where, you know, their own hometown or adopted city as best they can. Hi, I'm Dominique Francis, co-owner of Backstreet Cultural Museum. So the exhibit you see here, this is one of my favorite personal Mardi Gras Indian suits from the Chief Victor Harris, who has been masking for 53 years straight. This one is blue, white, and silver. Everything is rhinestone crusted, all hand sewn, all hand beaded by Victor Harris himself. And then you're also going to see some memorabilia of uh, people who have died and passed away and Indians we want to honor throughout the year who has passed on. There's an old photograph uh, that displays my great-great-grandmother from the 1949s from the 8 Ward Hunter, uh, Big Queen Anita. This year, for the first time, we're displaying our Mardi Gras Indian altar that tributes to past Indians that have died and gone on. So the altar symbolizes and just represent that we're keeping Mardi Gras Indians alive, jazz funerals alive. We just want to pay tribute and respect to those who have gone on and those who have came before us. I was born into this tradition and actually is a legacy that I'm carrying out from my dad. He started the collection in like 79 and he's been building it since. We've been at Jazz Fest for about 35 plus years. So um, it's a tradition and an honor, so I have no choice. <laughs> it's a part of me. My name is Rachel Brenlin. I'm the director of the Neighborhood Story Project, which is a collaborative ethnography organization um, where we help people write books about the city. Today, I have the great fortune of selling our latest book, which is with Fayaya and the Mandingo Warriors and the Backstreet Cultural Museum and an anthropologist named Jeffrey David Ehrenreich. The book is called Fire in the Hole, the Spirit Work of Fayaya. And it's a wonderful partnership between the Backstreet, which is one of the first community-based museums, or maybe the first community-based museum dedicated to African-American performance traditions in the city, and the first Mardi Gras Indian tribe that transformed the tradition into a more African aesthetic. This part, to me, 
helped me really connect with my own ancestors. It's really about ancestral worship. That's what they do, and that's what was the kind of the crossroad moment for Victor with the creation of Fayaya. It was a, a return to thinking about his own roots. And so when he goes out on the street, people follow him and are gravitate to him, not just because it's beautiful, but because it evokes an imagination about their own lineages. And ever since. I started working on it. I've tended to my own ancestors in a much deeper way. I suggest everybody try it because good things come when you do that. You know. I'm Nick Scamuzza. This is the St. Joseph Altar. I'm representing the Italian, American, and Sicilians in the 300-year anniversary of New Orleans at the Jazz Fest 2018. St. Joseph Altars have been done since the 12th or 13th century, and they represent our... Uh, giving blessings and, and thanks to St. Joseph for saving us. In the medieval times, it was a great drought. Everyone was starving to death, there was no rain. We prayed to St. Joseph and he came and he saved us. He grew the fava bean. That's where the lucky bean comes from and is one of the mainstays of the altar. On the altar, you have many different things, different flowers, breads, cookies, and things of that nature. One of my favorite things, if you notice, is little scraps of paper People ask St. Joseph for favors, and what you do is you write it, you throw it on an altar. I collect them every year, and so they stay year after year. There was a lot of loss after Katrina. You know, Katrina didn't kill New Orleans with waves or rain or flooding, but the impact on culture was brutal, and I see that. Having grown up where I grew up at, one of the main things I wanted to bring back was the St. Joseph altar, so I would have them at my bar, the Lost Love Lounge. Whenever I have an opportunity to bring this to the public, I go ahead and do it. And thank you for, to Jazz Fest for asking us to bring it out here, and it was a great honor and a pleasure to be able to do that for them. My name is Cynthia Ramirez, and I am displaying a Day of the Dead altar for the Fats Domino. I have pictures of throughout his life, from his very beginning till he was old and as we remember him, and in front of his house on Catherine Avenue. I just thought it was appropriate for Fats Domino to be honored in the 300th uh, anniversary. I think it was, it was one of the most locally, internationally known and um, artists that influenced a lot of artists internationally. I knew of him, I passed his house constantly and I, you know, I know people who made clothes for him, you know, so I knew the personal side, and he was a part of the neighborhood, part of New Orleans. He never left, you know, you feel like he was just your neighbor. It's exactly what we see in the Bone Gangs, exactly what we see in all of these cultures honoring the ancestors. You put these altars up to them. They not, they're not dead, they're alive, they come back, and they're always with you. As long as you are thinking of them and have pictures of them, they will never die. This piece was produced by reporter Natalie Yar. Jazz Fest runs through Sunday.